Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It is Wednesday, November 16th, and I'm your host, Eric Steven. Uh, Tuesday was a pretty busy day around baseball and for the Dodgers. Uh, You had deadlines to set the 40-man rosters for the Rule 5 draft. Uh, Players making their qualifying offer decisions, including a pair of Dodgers. And uh, finally, we had the National League Manager of the Year voting. Uh, The biggest news of the day uh, in Dodger land was... Tyler Anderson finding a new home uh, not too far from his previous one. Uh, Anderson, uh, who was one of the players uh, who received a qualifying offer last Thursday, um, agreed to a reported three-year contract with the Angels worth $39 million. Jeff Passan of ESPN was first to report that. It hasn't yet been announced by the Angels, at least as of uh, Tuesday night, um, but probably would, would come at some point. Um, the news came roughly around the 1 p.m. Pacific uh, deadline for players to accept or decline the qualifying offer, which this year was uh, $19.65 million on a one-year deal. The qualifying offer each year is determined by the average of the top 125 salaries in the sport in the previous season. That's how they come up with that number. Um there was some thought that Anderson might be inclined to accept the qualifying offer from the Dodgers. So if you look at some of the like national uh, prognosticators, like MLB trade rumors, fan graphs, um, did ESPN have contracts? I don't remember. I, I think I included John Heyman in the New York Post in there too. Even um, 
Jim Bowden at uh, The Athletic. Uh, I was trying to find as many national ones as I could find. Most of the the guesses for Anderson were like a two to three year deal, somewhere between twelve million and about sixteen and a half million a year. Uh, my guess, and this is just a guess here on my part, is that Anderson might have accepted the Dodgers' qualifying offer if it uh, over say like a two year deal at maybe something like twenty eight million. Just throwing a number out there, but I think the fact that someone went to three years was pro- was enough for him to you know, uh, sign elsewhere. Um, I'm sure the Dodgers were sort of in there in terms of like, you know, they wanted him to stay. They, it, it's a strategic, it's always a strategic move offering a qualifying offer. Um, because you're weighing like, we'd be totally okay with him coming back on a one year sort of elevated, uh, salary. Uh, but at the same time, if he leaves, we'll, we'll all, we're also happy with getting draft pick compensation. So I'm sure they were weighing that. Uh, but from Anderson's standpoint, like, look, he made eight and a half million in 2022 with the Dodgers. In his career, he's earned between uh, about 16 and a half to 17 million, uh, and that's you know in his whole career. So he's going to be 33 in 2023. There's enough risk that if he took the Dodgers uh, 19.65 million, he might not be able to make up the other 20 million or so over the next two seasons to match what the Angels offer. So. Obviously, it's a lower average annual value at the Angels, but the total of $39 million is hard to pass up. If you look at it like, um, you know, there's just so much that could happen. Like, uh, he had a career year this year, so he'd have to, like, not necessarily repeat that in 2023, but, like, have a very good year to go into free agency with. Um, eight, he signed an $8 million deal with 500000 in incentives in um 2022 that was his first year in free agency or at least um after the six-year mark but like that that was his highest salary before that so it's not a given that uh he would get you know if he just kept going like year to year or you know something like that so i i completely understand from his standpoint why he took you know double the money double the guarantee basically um now what that means for the dodgers in that compensatory draft pick is they'll get someone they'll get a pick um after the fourth round in the 2023 draft for Anderson signing elsewhere, Trey Turner also rejected his qualifying offer. There was no question that that was going to happen. Uh, he's one of the top free agents on the market, um, and he's going to you know sign some sort of massive deal. So if Turner signs elsewhere, elsewhere they'll get another pick right after the fourth round. Now we saw last year, you know, it's the the picks can be tricky. So the Dodgers lost Corey Seager last year, so they got a, a pick after the fourth round for him. But then in signing Freddie Freeman, who was another free agent who declined a qualifying offer, as a taxpayer, the Dodgers had to give up their second and fifth highest draft picks. And um, so they gave up the second or the um, God, what was it? (laughs) I'm losing, but they ended up forfeiting the the pick they gained for Seager by signing Freeman. So it, it all it all sort of comes out in the wash in that way. But you know those are those are sort of the the picks that are tied to Anderson and Trey Turner in this case. If Turner signs elsewhere, he's, obviously the Dodgers could still resign him, but you never know. Um, the other sort of roster uh, move, uh, the roster moves, I guess uh, that came thir- or Tuesday was. Um, I, I think I've said Thursday a couple times. I apologize. It was Tuesday. Um, P- uh, teams had to set their forty man roster for the Rule Five draft. Um, that means adding prospects. So to be eligible for 
um, the Rule 5 draft. Uh, it's essentially, very roughly, uh, players this year, players signed in 2018 if they were 18 or younger at the time, or players signed in 2019 if they were 19 or older. Um, so the Dodgers added four players. Uh, Diego Cartaya, he's their top prospect. He's a catcher. He's one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball. Top 10 in a few um, outlets. Uh, Monster Power, 22 home runs in 95 games uh, between uh, both A levels this year. I would imagine he's going to see a lot of double A next year. Um, Played in the Futures game at Dodger Stadium in July. He won the Branch Rickey Award as the um, top uh, Dodgers minor league player. He just turned 21 in September. There's a lot of upside there. So um, he was going to be, he was a lock for sure. Uh, Michael Bush uh, was drafted in 2019 out of North Carolina in the first round. He is a second baseman, although uh, like a second a second baseman in the way that like Max Muncy is a second baseman at times. Like uh, Bush played mostly first base in college and, and moved around a little bit, but the Dodgers sort of made him into a, a second baseman. He's been hanging around the back half of like top 100 prospect lists. Um, he started this last year in double A, promoted to Oklahoma City in May, hit 32 home runs, had a 118 WRC+. Plus. Really solid year for him. Um, Andy Pajes is um, uh, an outfielder. Uh, again, lots of power. You'll, you'll notice that as a theme. I'll get into that in a second. Um, uh, lots of strikeouts, too. Bush struck out 167 times last year at a 26.5% rate. Pajes less, uh, 140, but at a 24.5% rate. These are not out, so far out of line, but it's just you know part of the package. Um Pius hit 26 home runs, 102 WRC plus in 20 uh, in Double A. He was the one of the youngest players. Uh, he was the youngest player on Tulsa, one of the youngest players in the Texas League. Um, so he also excelled in the Arizona Fall League. He made the Fall Stars game. He participated in the Home Run Derby, which was the first year they ever had one of these. The other ad uh, was uh, Johnny DeLuca, another uh, outfielder. He was drafted in the 25th round by the Dodgers in 2019 out of Oregon. Um, he hit uh, 25 home runs, slugged 541, a 134 WRC plus between high A and double A this year. Now, if you look at all these uh, prospects, all four of them um, have lots of power. Um, among Dodgers minor leaguers in 2022, uh, this quartet was the, in the top eight in the organization in isolated power, um, which is just um, slugging percentage minus batting average. So Johnny DeLuca was second at 281. James Outman was first in that category, by the way. Um, Diego Cartaya was fifth, 249. Michael Bush was sixth at 243. Andy Pajes was uh, eighth at 232. They all walk at an above average rate, so that's solid. There's a lot of swing and miss in there, except for DeLuca. He only struck out 16.6% of the time, so there's a lot to like there. Um, Rule 5 draft comes in um, in the winter meetings. It's December 7th. Uh, this year the winter meetings are in San Diego, so we'll find out if any of the sort of uh, prospects not protected uh, by the Dodgers end up going in that uh, draft, but we'll see. Uh, as of Tuesday night, uh, the Dodgers' um, one-year agreement with Clayton Kershaw that was widely reported last week. We we talked about it on the last episode of Leading Off with True Blue LA. Um, that has not been finalized yet, so we still wait. Um, without Kershaw and after all of Tuesday's moves, they have 37 players on the 40-man roster, so that's where they're at now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the other Dodgers news from Tuesday uh, after the break. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We are firmly entrenched in awards season in Major League Baseball right now, and this week has all the Baseball Writers Association of America awards. Um, the rookies of the year were Monday. There were no Dodgers uh, among that group. Um, they really didn't have many rookies like play for them this year. James Outman was the first position player to do so, and then shortly after, Miguel Vargas followed, and neither really played that much, so understandable. Um, manager of the year uh, – Managers of the Year were Tuesday. Um, so in the National League, Buck Showalter and the Mets, he won. The Mets uh, won 101 games in his first year with the team. Last year they won 77 games. So big improvement. He ended up winning. The vote was relatively close. So Showalter got eight first place votes, same as Dave Roberts, uh, who finished second. Um, Brian Snicker of the Braves was third after winning 101 games himself and a fifth straight National League East crown. It's important to note here um, that all awards voting is done before the postseason begins. So on that hand, if you look at it, it was it was a pretty easy call, I think, or, you know, relatively. Uh, these three uh, managers had the teams with the three best records in the National League and all exceeded expectations, I think. Um, all three teams also lost in their first playoff series, and they, they were done by the before the NLCS. So... Show Walter lost to the Padres in the wild card round. Uh, the Padres then went and beat Dave Roberts Dodgers in the NLDS, while Brian Snicker lost to the Phillies in his NLDS. All, all three of those teams had home field advantage, and they still lost. Um, this was my first vote in seven years uh, since joining the BBWAA. Uh, I was pretty nervous about it, uh, but like, Mostly in the sense that I just didn't want to screw it up. Like, you know, being a first-timer, you know, I, you never want to sort of be out on an island, I think. I ended up voting Dave Roberts first, Brian Snicker second, and Showalter third. I will link to my column explaining why in the show notes. I just thought 111 wins was significant enough for Roberts to win. Even with, like, sky-high expectations, he still managed to sort of come through. Now, you could argue... Roberts is supposed to win. Uh, I talked to Justin Turner about this in September. He said he said as much. It's like, you know, it, it's really hard. But he, he sort of uh, laid out a little bit of what uh, what makes Roberts so good, at least in his eyes. So that was part of it. But um, the the Dodgers are like supposed to win, given you know their roster and their payroll. But then this in 2022, the Mets had a higher payroll than the Dodgers. So. You have to think Showalter, too, in that regard. 
But like even in the face of like super high expectations, Roberts still managed to win 111 games, man. Like that's more than any other National League team in 116 years. Um, so yeah, that's pretty important. They all, they were without uh, Walker Bueller, who only made 12 starts, was done by June. Daniel Hud- Daniel Hudson, their top setup man, um, or I guess um, at least one of their sort of top three planned relievers. His season ended in June with a torn ACL. Blake Trinan, their top setup man, uh, only pitched in five games. Um, speaking of Trinan, since we last recorded, he had shoulder surgery on Friday, or at least it was announced Friday, uh, to repair a torn labrum and a rotator cuff issue. He could miss all of 2023, although that hasn't yet been determined. But the point is the Dodgers uh, did face some adversity. Um, and and Robert still guided them to 111 wins. Pretty remarkable. So part of the thing that makes manager of the year, manager of the year weird, it's it seems the least defined of all the awards. Um, I just like thank God it's not. I guess the, the one of the more annoying things for me, at least in at least awards arguments, are when people talking about most valuable player. They go no, but the it it means most valuable, not not best, and then. It just becomes this like sort of circular back and forth like, no, but it, what about value? You know, I don't know. I just, that gets annoying to me, I think. I, I don't, I'm not even explaining it properly, but manager of the year is not that. Um, usually it seems to go to the team that most outperforms its expectations. So if you look at the Phillies, um, so Joe Girardi was 22 and 29 when he got fired. Rob Thompson took over, and then um, he ended up leading them to the final playoff spot and 87 wins. Philly played at a 95-win pace under Thompson, but then if you look at it, the uh, Roberts, Snicker, and Showalter all had better records than him during his time as manager. And like entering the season, the Phillies were expected to compete. Now, they obviously had a weird roster in that they sort of compiled a bunch of DHs, and then... Um, Bryce Harper, when he um, got hurt, ended up needing to play, needing to be the DH, you know, once he came back. So, like, it really exacerbated that. But they were a team of boppers, right? And they had, like, two really good pitchers atop um, the thing. They were expected to win, and they did. But I think just not as much as the the ones who finished in the top three. Now, truth be told, um, I thought either Thompson or Showalter was going to win. Because of you know the improvement and that the um, they were first year on the job, that's usually a really good combo to win. Um, just if you look at some of the historical uh, awards, it's been this is the fortieth year the manager of the year has been awarded by the BBWA. Um, my real fear was potentially being the only person who didn't vote for Thompson in the top three. You just don't want to be like on an island, right? But but ultimately, um, Thompson only appeared on 14 of 30 ballots. So he finished fifth behind Oliver Mormel of the Cardinals. Um, in the end, though, I, I sort of I wasn't too worried about like a potential backlash because I thought my uh, thought process was pretty sound. Um, so I was I was just generally okay with it. Uh, Roberts, Snicker, and Showalter all had excellent seasons. They managed who I thought were clearly the three best teams in the National League, and they all exceeded lofty expectations. So they sort of fit the the rubric for me, um, and that's why I voted them in the top three. 
I, I was planning to go show Walter second, second to Roberts, but uh, when the Braves swept the Mets in the like the last week of the season um, to pass them in the division, and then Atlanta ultimately won the division, even though they ended up both finishing with 101 wins. Braves had the tiebreaker by winning the season series. So I went with Snicker over Showalter because of that. Um, but it was Roberts for me, number one. 111 wins was just too much to ignore. <laughs> um, the process itself was pretty easy, or like pretty straightforward. The uh, BBWAA sends out a link to all voters in the final week of the season. Um, the votes are due before the playoffs begin. It's a pretty easy system to navigate. Uh, to be fair, manager of the year, um, it's it's a first, second, and third place vote. Uh, that and rookie of the year are probably the two. Are definitely the two easiest in terms of just logistics to vote for. Cy Young, you have to vote for five people. So and then there's a larger population. Um, and then the MVP, it's it's got to be a hassle because there's you're voting. Um, 10 spots. So um, there's a drop down in choosing each spot. So managers, there's only 15, right? <laughs> like, um, so in, in each league, so that that's pretty easy. Like just generally imagine going through an entire like player list to, to, to pick your spots. So if you look at um, 2020 uh, relief pitcher, Ryan Tapera received a 10th place vote in MVP voting, which shocked everyone. It turns out veteran uh, writer Rick Hummel of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, wanted to pick uh, then-national Trey Turner with that 10th place vote, but accidentally clicked uh, Tapera, who was nearby on the drop-down list instead, and then just didn't catch it when he submitted the ballot. And again, that's a 10th place vote. didn't really mean much, but um, it was just sort of more funny than anything. Not It wasn't like a, a stain on the process or anything like that. It was just sort of – it was just funny. Um so uh, that was it. I thought it was a it was a nice process. It, it was nice to be able to participate. I didn't know when or if that was going to happen, and I found out earlier in the season that this I was going to vote on this. So I was sort of trying to figure out how to approach it, and uh, I think I came up with a pretty pretty decent um, you know thought process on it. So that was mine. I hope uh, hope you had a chance to read my column explaining why. Um, there's two more. Um, BBWAA awards in the next two days. It's the two big ones. Cy Young awards are tonight. Julio Urias uh, is in the top three in the National League. Um, MVPs are Thursday. None of the Dodgers are in the top three, but you got to figure Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner could all possibly finish in the top 10. Uh, we'll be back with another episode here tomorrow of leading off with a uh, deep dive into the Cy Young results. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. We'll <laughs>